Hey, Warriors, welcome back to another episode of Warrior Within. I hope you've been having a great week. So far out here in Colorado, we've had cold days and then really hot days. It's just been up and down like crazy. So a little update on the house search for rent. Uh, we did apply for one place that's in the outskirts of Waco. Um, we'll find out whether we are accepted in the next, I would say, probably seven days or so. Um, it's a neat looking home. Uh, we were able to find a house. So you didn't have to get an apartment, but it's not official yet until they say it's okay. And we're still looking just in case there's another house that's a little bit less in rent and more closer to where we want to be. This one is actually not too far, but not necessarily there, but it's also not in a really bad place either. So it kind of works out all together. And the cool part also is that it comes with all the appliances that we need. <coughs> so anyway, so this week, uh, just, I don't know, it's just been kind of up and like just different things, different topics have been going through my head. But today I haven't been able to really get the verses from James 4 out of my head a lot. And a lot of it is because I've been kind of noticing, because I know that I did a series um, not too long ago about understanding uh Understanding that sometimes, you know, we need to not be uh, too quick to understand how our roots have to be grounded in, the, in Jesus, right? And that that gives us stability in understanding God's word. And then I've even talked about the fact that, you know, people will use words to manipulate us or to make us see things differently about what scripture says and, and they make it just sound nice just enough where we don't necessarily question them. And I, and I use James four as part of that conversation, but I haven't been able to get it out of my head because I kind of realized, you know, I talk about back, if you like, wherever to listen to, I believe it's a second episode where I go through the verses of one of the reasons why I did this, you know, I talk about the arm, the armor of God and that, you know, it does emphasize that we're fighting against the spirit, not necessarily the flesh. Right. But I will say that as much as that is true, we do have to understand something. And this is what mostly what this is really about is that people don't always have the best intentions for you or for I, or for me, excuse me, bad English. And we, and I, not we, but I've been hearing sometimes people when something happens, they try to see, they, they don't see that it could be just the people making a decision on why they're acting the way that they're acting because of their personal issues that they may have and how that intervenes or gets in the way of being godly now i'm not talking about unsaved people because a lot of times we we kind of mix we, well let me say this we kind of put unsaved people as if the, you know they're going to be evil so therefore it doesn't surprise us mindset versus christians are christians and they don't have these evil intentions against people you know we should love them in christ and i and i'm sitting there i'm like yeah but not by saying we're just supposed to love them but not actually confront them about how they're acting that's not that's not the same thing you can't love someone without 
saying, hey, I don't appreciate you acting that way towards me. I don't understand what's going on. Why are you ending our relationship or friendship? Why are you uh, trying to get rid of me from the church? Why, why are you, even though I know we disagree on things, but why are you pushing me out? And a lot of this is kind of similarly connected to what happened to me at my last church but it's also because i'm seeing it more often with other christians towards other christians and i'm seeing it through i'm like i'm getting stories of other ministry people who have gone through similar things i've gone through i've have other people who weren't in ministry but who just went to a church who were also mistreated with the same issues and the stories have similar themes and one of the things that has always bothered me is that I kind of have this feeling from like talking to some people that they don't think Christians are manipulative or have evil desires for other people. I all know that they're Christians. Yes, I, I, I love my fellow brother and sister, but where, where is this line? You know, Paul talks about there's going to be people who are going to be teaching false views. And we either confront them about what they're teaching or saying or how they're saying, because sometimes they may not be a religious leader in your church. They may not be your pastor. But in a lot of cases I see it is the pastor. And instead of people confronting the pastor, they see him as anointed. So therefore they don't do anything. But what about, you know, brother so-and-so in the church who is doing all this stuff and the pastor ain't saying anything but you know what's going on. Do, do or Should you go and say something? And I, I think there, there has to be a line somewhere. I mean, it should be the church leadership that should be stepping up. But if that guy is your friend and you know he's doing something he shouldn't be, you know, he's married and he's been, you know, sleeping with another woman, you know, you sitting around and say, well, he's my buddy. I'm supposed to love him. I'll pray for him. That's not going to be confronting him in an issue, Right. But it's the same meaning, I think, for the idea to understand that just because someone's a Christian doesn't mean they have good intentions for you. It doesn't mean that they are following God's ways. It does not mean that they're speaking in truth. It does not mean that they're humble. It does not mean that they are godly. It does not mean that they're thinking righteously. Because when I read James 4, you know, I'm going to read it right now. That has just been stuck in my head a lot. It says, what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? So you got to understand that the perspective is, you know, all has said many times, you know, unison, loving one another, right? I mean, in New Testament, it's all about that. But the, the fact that James is actually saying this, it tells you that there is going to be quarrels there's going to be fighting which means there's going to be anger there's going to be hurt there's going to be fighting in the sense of like maybe even physical there's going to be manipulation there's going to be uh evil desires for other people because the thing we have to understand is just because we're christians does not mean that we're invulnerable to being like the world so, you know, clarity is we're not enslaved by sin anymore, like we mentioned even last week. But we're not invulnerable to being enticed by worldly ideologies and views and philosophies because we see it. We've seen it in some churches lately. We've seen it in, in the background of the story about Hillsong. 
get to see all that stuff come out to light and we get to see and understand that sometimes just because someone says they're a Christian and they're a great speaker and they seem to be speaking the word of God does not necessarily mean that they have good intentions for you or that their desire is for you to grow in Christ. I'm sorry, but humans want money. Humans want power. Humans want prestige. They want to be well-known. They want to be recognized. They want to be uh, puffed up. That is a natural course of our human nature that comes out. Continue. The verse says, don't they come come from the evil desires at war within you? See, he understands that even though these people are supposedly saved, they don't have good intentions. Understand this. You want what you don't have, so you schemed and killed to get it. Now, I don't know if James is literally meaning like actual death. Or it's like the desire that someone would have that wants to kill somebody to take it from them. Envy. Okay. There has been people who have done amazing jobs in a church who have the desire to share the gospel, who have desire to do what is right, but, but, but because they are not the pastor and because they're not the head of the church and the head of the pastor or someone in leadership of the church doesn't like the fact of how much power they're gaining because people are liking what they're teaching, they try to get rid of them. It may not be a physical, like having them being murdered, but it, they, killing can be like killing their character, killing their uh, family, um, attacking the way they teach, attacking them straight up. And the thing is, what happens in these situations that what, what some people have not faced is that the enemy gets really involved in this. Like, you know... You still got that other part of, of the truth that is expressed that we are going to be in battle against the enemy. The enemy is a spiritual battle, and that's why we have to have the armor of God. But the enemy is going to get involved and get in the way, and it's going to entice, it's going to tempt, it's going to do everything possible to ruin people's lives. And they will use other people who have that temptational hurt, pain, anger, frustration, whatever it may be. Use those people who call themselves Christians to hurt you. I've seen it. I know what it feels like. I, the, the six months were awful. I was not only attacked by those who call themselves my my sister or brother, but who uh, treated me as such, who were my f so-called friends, turn on me. I've seen demonic attacks. I've seen demonic attacks on other people who recognize that, you know, it, I, I'm not doing the wrong and that the other person was, plus the other person who was supposed to be leading them was doing as well. And they, too, were also getting attacked. Why? Because the enemy's desire is to destroy. And we were getting in the way. We were trying to fight to protect. And the enemy didn't like that. And because the leadership had not gone against the enemy, now the enemy was able to get a good foothold in the church building. 
and the people. But this is funny. You know, my story sounds like many other people's stories that I've talked to. Many people. People in my gaming community have shared this. Other pastors have shared similar battles of their own. It may not be exactly the same, but I can tell you this. There's a lot of pieces that are very similar in how it connects and how it works. And a lot of times, a lot of the stories, sadly, may be it's the leadership of the church or the pastor of the church. And this could be someone who's not even in ministry. It's just someone who goes to the church. And it's very interesting how such that, that the fact that even Paul, that even James and you know, John, they all mention all the other disciples and all the books that they've written. They've mentioned many times unity, loving one another, forgiving one another, being there for one another. Like it's all there for us to create this unity for the church. And yet I've seen more divisiveness in the church. And a lot of it is built and created and designed around pride. Because if you continue in James 4, it says this. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. <coughs> so instead of encouraging other people to get behind, you know, get behind God's doing in their life, people have, and I, I don't know if any of you have done this, but you you or anybody who's done to anybody else, they t try to take it away. And like I said, the main thing they do is attack your character, attack your, your husband or wife's character. They, they uh, attack your, your uh, family. Cause I know some ladies who listen to this. Um, they attack your family. Your, it could be parents. It could be your siblings. It could be your kids. They attack, like, and this is people. This is not even spiritual. Like, they they start attacking your your connection to the church. So whether you are in spiritual leadership or you just help out, they try to ruin that opportunity. Because a lot of times you see this mostly in churches, not necessarily outside of churches. And then if it's at work, you know, if this is a person that may not be saved, they try to ruin your reputation at work. They try to get you on like oh well they cut out work five minutes early you know this week Ugh, that's enough to fire them or they may uh point out that oh i saw them go to the bathroom three times in the past four hours you know it's like they start nitpicking at you and the thing is what's so sad is that it's the same thing in a christian environment it's not any different which tells you that it's humanly possible for even Christians to do the same thing. And it's sad. And as you continue on this verse, it says, uh, yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And this is my, this is what's really just stood out to me about this. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what gives you pleasure. You see, the main issue that I, I kept seeing is that a lot of people fight, argue, get upset at other people and want to ruin them because they don't get that. They don't have that and they want it. So they think if they can get rid of you, that they'll get all of that. And maybe it could be a situation where 
before they were the big shot, everybody loved them and they were the focus and everybody surrounded themselves around them. And then suddenly you come in and your intention is not even to do that. Like you, you have no intention to to get everybody to be following you or to believe you or to support you or whatever, whether it's at work, at school, at church, even in the community, like your intentions, your intentions may be godly and right. But because it stole someone else's light for a time, they don't like that. Because their whole identity is around that. Uh, but not around God. But it's around having all of that. I want you guys to really think about that as we take a quick break in about 30 seconds or so. People, there's always... <laughs> people there's always going to be people who are probably going to be better than you are with something in fact there's always going to be people better than you with something and i have to even struggle with this because i'm a competitive person i like to win games i like to you know when i put football my, my goal was to win my intention i was not the you know the snot ball out loud you know obnoxious player but i wanted to win but there are sometimes you're going to run into somebody here and there who's going to be better than you at something and this is the key thing this is the all about the idea of understanding humility for yourself and even for myself to be humble you have to understand that there is going to be people better than you now, the humbling and godly way of responding is to uplift them where God is placing them to be better. Now, I've, I have this quote that I, I, I did myself that someone actually liked it too. And I was just like, huh, I'll just write it down to make sure to remember that. But the key thing was that people often like to keep other people below them. And it's something I've just noticed, and it's more regular every day than I've ever seen. And my quote was, as a leader, you need to lift others to their potential instead of keeping them under yours. See, a lot of times it's a limitation that we've created on others. And when they surpass what we want them to stay under, we don't like that. So we try to destroy them so that they, they stay underneath us. I want you to think about that as well. Understand that good intentions often should be godly intention. And even though they may think that this is better for my church, or this is better for our business, this is better for our school, this is better for our home, this is better for our community, their intentions are not godly. Because what they're looking at is that you're surpassing. But at the same time, we need to also recognize that there is, we need to not puff ourselves up. We, not, we need to not be prideful if we are the ones that are surpassing other people in certain things and remember to humble ourselves just as much. So let's take a quick break and I'll see you in just a moment. 
Hey Warriors, welcome back to the second ep- uh, second half of this episode. I almost said the second episode. But we've been talking about the understanding that, you know, Christians don't always have good intentions for other people. We also talked about, about humility, not just for the person who is a, who attacked us or hurt us, but also for ourselves, <coughs> that we keep ourselves humble too if we are surpassing other people. It's just really hard when you happen to be the target of people's hurt or frustration. And this is where I think the best way to help you understand that even though they have bad intentions for you, you have to understand that sometimes their past has affected them so badly that they don't even recognize that it's affecting them. That they don't realize that they're hurting other people in the process of trying to defend their honor, defend their position or defend their job. And instead of seeing God bless them, all they get to have is the glory of people that are willing to believe them. We're going to be battling false teachers and bad philosophies and ideologies like crazy now. We're starting to see it as it's getting more revealed how big Christian churches have been using and abusing this power for themselves. But the key thing about this whole discussion is it's not just them. It's everyday Christians that are doing similar things and not recognizing it because no one has ever confronted them about it. I honestly think that pride gets in the way a lot in our church, in our families, whether it's at work. It's, it's there. It just surrounds us and, and the way we think, the way we feel. And like I talked about with the Shield of Pride episode, the idea is that our past sins and hurts and pains will create a shield that protects us. Well, not really protects us, but keeps us from being able to be used by God properly. And I think a lot of times that shield in this case also makes us <clears throat> want to hurt others to keep them from surpassing us you know because the other part we have to really understand is that we need to stay alert if we were to go to first peter 5 and it is you know it's the conversation is about humility beforehand about the church a little bit but it says stay alert watch out for your great enemies the devil the great enemy the devil he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour you know we know that stuff and then it says stand firm against him and be strong in your faith remember that your family your that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are understand that stand firm against him and be strong in your faith Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. So we're not alone. There is people that are going to be struggling with all sorts of persecutions, issues, you know, hardships. Like we're not alone on these battles. This is like one of the parts of understanding as men 
we're not facing life alone. We're not battling this world alone. We're not struggling in our walk alone. But I could tell you this, in those six months, I felt alone. And this is how the enemy really messes with you the best. When you feel like you're alone, that's when your armor feels like it's just revealing everything enough for the enemy to break in. I always tell guys, the reason why temptation is so much stronger when we're weaker is because we think we're facing everything alone for one. Two, we take our eyes off of God. Our whole focus is on ourselves. We start switching from following God to trying to figure out an answer for ourselves. And so things start falling apart. You see, one of the things that starts going on with situations with people who don't have good intentions for you is manipulation. And the funny part is, it's not necessarily just them manipulating other people, but it's the enemy manipulating you. See, they use uh, manipulation to try to convince people the worst about you, make themselves look like the victim. They try to make you feel like you're like this evil monster because they know if they can make you start doubting yourself, then you start opening yourself to maybe the fact that you need to go, you need to leave. You are the problem. You need to go because everything was fine until you were around. See, the thing is, what was so funny about my situation was I was there for two and a half years. And yet the wolf made it sound like she was there for like years. And I came in and disrupted her life. It's disrupted her capability. And it was the other way around. She came in and destroyed everything. And the sad part is the leader did not step up for that and actually wanted to get rid of me just as much. You see, that's the thing about manipulation. And in those times when you're weak and you feel like everything is against you and everything is falling apart because these people are just attacking. I mean, I've seen it at work, guys. I mean, it's not just a church. I've seen it at work. And I mean, like secular work. I've seen it at schools and I've seen it. You know, your kids probably are going through it. Um, they may not recognize or know what's going on. And then I've also seen it even like in community wise, you know, just around the neighborhood or whatever. I've seen that in all different areas throughout the time of my life, but I didn't have answers to that because I didn't know what was really going on. But now that I have a better understanding, I know that the enemy is one in the way Two, I also know that Christians have bad intentions sometimes. Like, you know, like we talked about in James 4, they never asked God. So that what they do is they want to destroy someone else's uh, position or where they're at in their walk or their opportunities, their, their, their relationships at church or at work or at home or whatever, because they know if they could break it. And this is why it's so important. Cause like, there's going to be a, like a, an article I putting out tomorrow. It's more about relationships, but this is also kind of how relationships are. Because if you're in a bad relationship with somebody, whether it's dating or a friendship, um, they may manipulate you and dating situations, you know, Sometimes, and then the scary part is that even if it's not about dating, even if it's uh, like a woman who's causing issues in your life, whether it's at work or at church, she may use manipulation tools such as kind of like, it may not necessarily be sexual, but flirtatious. 
Because I can tell you this, the wolf tried to be fl flirtatious and try to make you feel like she, she'd like to build up your ego to make you feel better. But when you don't fall for it, she suddenly goes against you and tries to break you. And the thing is, it's kind of, it's, it's a manipulation tool. So you need to be wary of that. You need to pay attention to that. You need to know that that happens. So in this time when we're weak, this is the time where we need to actually be stronger and more focused on the Lord. I mean, I'll be honest with you. The, it, when you're down in this low point, whether even if it's like everything's just falling apart around your life and you feel like you're in the bottom of a pit, this is when the enemy is, is pushing hard. I mean, hardcore. <coughs> you know, but the, there's a warning that Paul gives in uh, Romans 16. He states, and now I make one more appeal, my brothers and sisters, watch out for people who cause divisions and upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what you have been taught. Stay away from them. Such people are not serving Christ our Lord. They are serving their own interests. By smooth talk and glowing words, they deceive innocent people. But everyone knows that you are obedient to the Lord. This makes me very happy. I want you to be wise in doing right and stay and to stay innocent of any wrongs. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. So you got to understand. A lot of times people are going to be desiring to be divisive. That, that is their goal to be divisive. They may be Christians, but they may have desire to be divisive. They may love Jesus, but they may not have good intentions for you. They may go to worship every single Sunday. They may lead a, lead a Bible study. They may help at a, uh, at a church event. They may be the grandma of the church. They may be the grandpa of the church. They may be the mom of the church. They may be the pastor. They may be the, the best janitor in the face of the planet. They may be anything that you could think of. They could be a Christian and still have a desire for divisiveness. Because it all goes back to understanding that our past does affect how we treat people. Our hurts and pains affect how we treat people. And even though, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian, it does not mean that I, my past will not come in light if I start seeing something. Because I, I can tell you this, there's some people I've met that have just kind of turned me wrong. Even after that situation that have shown to me that their intentions are not necessarily godly, but their intentions of how to make themselves feel good. So we need to recognize that. And we need to recognize that God is trying to work in us, our mental state, our, our hurt and our pain and our struggles and try to help us through those situations because those things will affect us, but we have to put down that, that, that shield of pride, as I said in you know, a few like episodes before, before God could do anything. Because there has to be a cleansing within us and our hearts, because there's a lot of gunk that gets in there. And in our minds, because we start being like manipulative in our minds and how we think, like it starts changing and we start seeing things that may not be there. So we need to learn to remember to still have grace and still have peace and still understand that we, ha we need to have unison with other brothers and sisters. But we also got to remember that if other brothers and sisters don't want it, you can't force it. 
and all you could do is pray for them. All you could do is hope that they can recognize that how they're acting and what they're doing is not godly, but you can't change their minds. And it doesn't mean you have to go back to that situation. It doesn't mean you have to expect some type of forgiveness from them, or I should say them coming to asking forgiveness from, from you for how they treated you. But God will eventually help you mentally, physically, and help you to move forward in life. But to be clear, not every person who calls them a Christian has good intentions for you and I. Sometimes what they want is more important than doing what is right and what is godly. Being a, a Christian who loves other brothers and sisters. Because sometimes people could fake it. They want the fame. They want the money. They want the, the prestige. They want to be well known. They want to be loved by everybody. Their intentions may not be godly at all. And because their motives are wrong, God's not going to bless them with that. That does not mean they can't terrorize or destroy relationships. Doesn't mean they can't hurt you. Doesn't mean they can't uh, do false witnessing of you. Character bashing does not mean that they don't try to get rid of you and your family in some way. That's why, you know, James 4 has just stuck in my head for so long. I, I really think we see that this more often today than we've ever seen in the past. and Or maybe it's been around in the past, we just haven't really noticed it. But the key thing that I've seen through all this is that we need to learn how to be humble ourselves. We need to understand that humility is being able to just put yourself under God's authority and understanding that as much as you may want something, you need to seek out what God wants for you, best for you. And even though we may feel weak and we may be struggling in our faith, it does not mean that we can't get on the right track. It doesn't mean we can't forgive those people who have hurt us. It doesn't mean that we can't move forward in life, but we have to make sure that we are protecting and are on alert for ourselves, on guard on ourselves. Because we can't always assume that every Christian we meet is loving God and serving God first. That's why I think it's very important to understand you need to see the fruits of their labor. You need to see how they treat other people. You need to see how they uh, interact with even your family, how they talk to you when they get angry, when they're happy. What, what, what kind of stuff are they seeking? Sometimes you can have an amazing person who all they want is to be recognized and loved by everybody. Doesn't mean that's the right reasons for what they're doing, what they're doing. And that means to be a reflection on each and every one of us. Are our, are our motives godly? Are they what God wants us to be doing? Or are we doing it for ourselves? Are we trying to get money? Are we trying to get power? Are we trying to get prestige? Are we trying to get known? Are we trying to be famous? You know, you may have a wonderful talent in music, but are you only doing worship time so that people will recognize that? 
Because worship isn't about us. Worship isn't about how we feel. Worship is about worshiping God. And I think sometimes we forget that. And it's the same thing even for this podcast. You know, I appreciate all you guys who have let me know that the, the podcast has been helpful. But I also got to remind myself not to get prideful about it. I also got to remind myself not to allow that even to get into my mind. But the thing is, I also recognize that, you know, God is blessing me while he's also blessing you because a lot this is a, a, an outlet for me to be able to share what God has shared in me and what he has done with me. And the fact that, you know, I want to be a pastor, I'm excited about being able to also help other people. Like I, I'm looking forward to being able to disciple. I'm looking forward to counseling more people. I'm looking forward to how God's going to do this church. Cause I, I honestly do not know how all the pieces are going to come together. I have ideas. My wife has ideas and we're excited about those ideas, but we just don't see, we don't know how God's going to put the pieces together to make them all come together. And it's going to be so cool once we can start seeing those pieces kind of start fitting into the holes properly and we're like, oh man, that's just amazing. And that's the thing. God could do that for you guys if you just remove that pride. You know, I I was angry and I was hurt pretty bad back in 2019. But God throughout these years has been healing, has been moving, has been getting me to step forward, has been showing a path for me. And I've been able to slowly let go of that hurt. And been able to recognize that, you know, yeah, I don't, I'm not, I will not expect any, any of those people to apologize for their part. But I will not say that I don't forgive them because I forgave them a long time ago. But at the same time, I, I do hope that God will work in their hearts. Because if they're willing to do that to me during that time, I don't know what else they'll do to other people who also quote-unquote go against them so be careful guys there's three things you know you got to remember about today just because someone's a christian does not mean they have good intentions for you or i doesn't mean you stop loving them doesn't mean you don't stop caring for them doesn't mean you don't chase after a uh, unity or um forgiveness or peace second thing we got to watch out for ourselves here. Don't allow pride to get in the way, whether it's pride out of anger and hurt towards other people or pride out of how well you're doing. Humble yourselves. Watch and be on guard with yourself because the enemy will do everything possible to break you. The enemy doesn't want you to succeed, doesn't want you to do what God wants you to do. Remember that. And then thirdly, manipulation is not just something that you can honestly catch right away. Pay attention. Because the enemy is going to try to manipulate you. Other people are going to try to manipulate you. And at overall, in the end of all this, you need to be able to allow God to heal you. You need to allow God to work in you. You need to allow God to teach you to forgive but be wary of manipulation whether it's manipulation of the good things you're doing or manipulation of how the people treat you 
So I hope this is a blessing. I hope this is an encouragement. I hope this is going to be something that will help you to think about what's going on in your life. And I pray that God will use this. Um, I just pray that you guys just pray for me, that we can, uh, that everything will just work out for us to move out there to Texas. Whether it's this house or another house pops up, whatever it may be, um, God knows. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time. I ask that you help us to remember to always seek you out first. Help us to understand that even though we are fighting a battle that's spiritual, people do have their own intentions. Whether they're a Christian or not, they do have their own intentions. I pray that you allow everybody who's listening to this to really reflect and think about their current life, making sure there's not someone trying to manipulate them, making sure someone is not trying to break them and hurt them and, and to pay attention to put themselves on guard, Lord. Protect their hearts and their mind, too, as the enemy is going to try hard to try to break them during these hard times. Um, Lord, just intervene. Show them peace. Show them love. Give them the strength to be able to stand because I know what it's like to feel like you can't. I pray, Lord, that you just keep moving these men forward in their walks, that you help them to keep growing in Christ. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys have a wonderful week, and I will see you next time. God bless.